You are listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. Hey guys, this is Mikey Puckett with Seven Rivers Student Ministry. You're listening to episode 14, For His Glory. This story comes to us from my friend Emilio Hood, who's one of the youth pastors at Perimeter Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Emilio Emilio is married to his wife, Hope, and he has four awesome children. Uh, They are keeping him busy during this quarantine season. I'm really excited that you guys are going to get an opportunity to hear a piece of Emilio's story where he experienced a tragedy And the reason why I'm so excited to get to hear about this is because Emilio, when he experienced this tragedy, really asked a common question that we all ask when we experience um, tragic moments. Uh, He asked, is God good? Um, Is he really good? And what we find as we listen to Emilio's story and as you listen to his story, you're going to realize that God is glorified in the good and the bad. Um, All things, uh, at the end of the day, God uses to bring himself glory. And so, you guys are going to get an opportunity to hear his story. I'm so excited you get to hear from Emilio. I love Emilio. He is one of those people that when you meet him for the first time or you, you're around him, he makes you feel safe and comfortable. He gives you the space and the opportunity to be truly yourself. You don't have to prove anything to him or be anything other than who you are. And Emilio loves you exactly how you are. And it's such a reflection of Jesus um, when you encounter him. And so, I really really hope that one day you guys get the opportunity to meet him um, and get to be around him because when you meet him you immediately feel this kind of love and presence of God's love uh, because Emilio really does love you no matter what um, and loves you know the unlovable and so it's a really really awesome experience when you get to hang around him and so as I've hung out with him as I've gotten to know him I've always just felt like this guy I can be myself with I can be um I can be comfortable with, I can say what's on my mind, and he's going to um, give me truth and grace um, through through the gospel. So, uh, Emilio, thanks for being brave and courageous to share this piece of your story. Uh, thank you for uh, being willing to, uh, you know, give us a story um, that, is, that is heavy, that is hard, and um, that is probably was difficult for you to recall, and just so grateful um, for who you are. Um, and, and for the, the blessing of your life and the blessing that the story um, brings us. So here is Emilio's story. high school ministry director at Perimeter Church up in Johns Creek, Georgia. And uh, your student pastor, Mikey, asked me and some other friends to uh, share with you guys about um, a hard time in our life where uh, we walked with God through it. And there have been, there've been a number of, of hard times in my life. Uh, there's not enough time to go through all of them. But the first one that came to my mind uh, happened back in the summer of 2005. And um, I was... Uh, at this um, Young Life camp in North Carolina called Windy Gap. And uh, it was this place where I'd gone when I was a high school student. Uh, when I was a Young Life leader in college, I would take students 
on weekend trips there. And and I did this thing called summer staff a few summers. Uh, summer staff was uh, just a month each summer where I would go and I would serve God uh, by serving this camp, by serving students. And um, it, I would be be there with uh, serving alongside 40 other people my age. And, and it was just some of my favorite memories uh, come from, from these times of summer staff. And the summer of 2005 was actually my third summer doing this. And, and believe it or not, you know, if you saw a picture of me, you would be surprised by what I'm, what I'm about to tell you. But uh, I served with the horses. I was, I was what they called a horse wrangler. So pretty much I got to pretend for an entire month that I was a cowboy and, and man, I, I loved it. I, I loved waking up early. Um, I loved giving trail rides. I loved uh, becoming uh, friends with with these different horses, and um, and I, I loved even just smelling like uh, horse poop. Um, something about it just made me feel manly and awesome, and it was just uh, some of the best some of the best memories of my life. Well, the the third summer that I did this. Uh, summer 2005, um, you know, it was, everything was was normal. Everything was the way it was supposed to be, and uh, you know, nothing crazy had gone wrong. You know, I think I got thrown off a horse once, but but I remember it was the first day of the last week, and and the first day of these camps for us was on Sundays, and and buses would come from all over the country to to bring high school students to this camp so they could, could experience. Uh, life, living life to the full. They could experience heaven on earth. They could experience all that God had to offer. And you know, these students would get off the bus and they'd be welcomed by uh, you know, work crew, these other high school kids who'd volunteered for a month to serve them. And, and then they got to just, they were just released into, into camp. And uh, I remember I was uh, actually playing frisbee golf with my buddy Scott, who was our horse intern. And, and it was our after, we, we had Sunday afternoons off, you know, we weren't giving trail rides. So we can kind of do what we wanted to do and, and our favorite pastime when we weren't working with the horses was playing frisbee golf and so that's what we were doing and and we were on the sixth hole which is up on a hill and you know again we're just watching buses come in and, and we're praying for them as 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 they do and uh not too long after we're, we're playing again we're on the sixth hole and my buddy scott who has a radio on him uh hears this call that says hey can somebody come to the gym immediately which, if you hear that on the radio, you know, wouldn't mean much to you. But for me and for Scott, it meant uh, it, it created a sense of urgency because we both knew through our time serving at this camp, working at this camp, that when you heard the word immediately on the radio, that it meant to call 911. You see, what happened was one of uh, the groups that was, was coming for that week was from, the, was from Chicago. And a group of guys, a group of sophomore guys, uh, who were all on the same basketball team, got off the bus, dropped off their luggage in the room, and and went straight to the basketball court. Uh, you know, they, they didn't want to go down the zip line quite yet. They didn't want to jump into the pool. They didn't want to play volleyball. They went to the basketball court. And while they're there playing ball, the, the videographer, the guy who was documenting the week, thought, hey, I'm going to get a cool shot of you guys dunking. And, and so at, on, on this course, there were two rims that were lowered so that guys like me could could experience the thrill of dunking a basketball. Um, and so he wanted to get this shot of these guys, you know, lining up and, and he was, he was under the hoop and he would just get these guys, uh, just throwing it down over and over and over again. Well, there was one kid, Arthur, who, 
um, wasn't as athletic as some of the other guys in his group, and and he went up for the dunk, and and the ball hit the front side of the rim, and his momentum uh, pushed him in a way where he fell backwards. He ended up hitting his head on the basketball floor, knocking him unconscious. So again, the call came to call 911, and instead of seeing buses come through camp, we see an ambulance come through camp, and they pick up this kid, and and we learned that before he even gets to the hospital, he was pronounced dead. He uh, had a clot, um, a clot had formed, and and he was pronounced dead before he got there. And and we got the news um, later that evening around dinner time, and and we were just devastated. Again, you know, this is a place that I call, I still call this place heaven on earth, and and I remember being so hurt and confused and and angry with God that He would allow something like this to happen at this camp. And and I remember thinking, like, how could God uh, possibly be glorified in this? How could these students possibly have the best week of their life? How could anything good come from this moment? Well, one of the things I learned is that God will take our hard times. He will take our hurt. He will take our pain. He will take the evil in this world and he will turn it for good because at the end of the day, the truth is God can't not be glorified. It goes against God's nature to not be glorified. And so what, what I learned was that God was in control, that God was sovereign. You see, the, the guy who was speaking that month at the camp, the only other time at that point that there had been a death at a young life camp, he was there. So he knew how to walk through this with students. He knew how to approach it. And, and even that first night, instead of giving a normal talk, he, he talked about death. He, he opened up the floor to students who were hurting. He handled it beautifully. God orchestrated it and, and had the doctor uh, who was there that week had brought his wife, who was a family counselor. And so she made herself available to talk with Arthur's friends, the, the guys on his team, the guys he was in the cabin with, as well as anybody who just needed to talk. We, we learned that Arthur was already a believer, that he had gone to camp uh, mostly so he could get some of his non-believer friends to hear the gospel for the first time. And, and we were comforted knowing that his grandma wasn't mad. And if anything, she uh, beautifully just talked about how she was excited to one day see him again in heaven and and so these, these little things start coming together. And at the end of the week, what is, in, instead of it being this week that was defined by tragedy, was defined by God being glorified. Because that week, I think there were about 365 students, not including their leaders, 365 students who attended that week of camp. And I think about 250 of them ended up praying to surrender their lives uh, to, to Christ. God can't not be glorified. And that, that week, I, w- I was pointing to this verse, these two verses in 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 that say this. Say, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. You see, here's, here's the truth. We cannot be surprised at the fiery trial. We can't be surprised that we are in a pandemic right now. We might be surprised of what's going on. But the truth is, we're going to 
have trials. We're going to have times where we suffer. We're going to have times where we are filled with pain. We can't be surprised by that because we live in a world that is very much broken. But we can rejoice and that we share Christ's sufferings. Remember, Christ suffered for you. He was abused. He was spat on. He was rejected. He died. He did this for you. And so we can rejoice in that we share these sufferings. And then we can rejoice in His glory. Now, one of the reasons that I shared the story I did uh, about what happened in Windy Gap is that in six days' time, I saw how God was glorified. I saw His glory revealed. It may take longer for you to see how His glory will be revealed. You may not even get to see it this side of eternity. But you can rest in the truth that God will be glorified. And you can rest in the truth that we can still rejoice in the suffering because we are suffering alongside our Savior, Jesus Christ. And my prayer for you in this time as as we are hurting, as we are struggling, as we are filled with pain, my prayer is that you can hear these verses or maybe you find another verse in Scripture that you can cling to, but that you will cling to Him. That you will cling to the one who did suffer for you. And that you will rejoice knowing that he will be glorified. Because God can't not be glorified. Praying for you. Love y'all. And I hope to see y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more stories and follow our devotions, you can go to www sevenrivers.org backslash by life or by death. You are loved and you matter.